beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord. As I said last night, it's good to be back home in cool Seattle. It was hot in Tucson. I'm not used to that 100 degree weather during the day and you know the 80 degree at night. Um, so it was so good to come back to our cool weather and to experience again. I was in Arizona, Tucson at a Wonderful retreat center, the Redemptress uh, Renewal Center there just on the outskirts of, of Tucson. And one of the highlights of the retreat that we had was going up to Mount Lemmon, which is at the 8,000-foot level. I had no idea they had mountains that high. So just below the level of Camp Mir on Mount Rainier. And there was a beautiful shrine that had been built to Our Lady Undoer of Knots. And that shrine and the property has been given to the eparchy of Phoenix. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous shrine. It's a Byzantine shrine. It looks like it came from the Carpathian Mountains. And, and two of the priests from that region says it, it was just so beautiful. And one of them said it's like a little teenager. You know, there they have the big church, but this is a little teenager church. And they just thought it was gorgeous. And the craftsmanship is outstanding a porch all the way around the church so we can make had our processions around the church but but it's small but pretty and then there's a guest house with it that eventually will be made available for retreats or rent it and uh, which is a large house and then there's this courtyard and another little building that has a bell tower and down below is a priest quarters that he can stay there and, and a rotunda and then we blessed a bell that Paul Revere himself had found was from the foundry of his foundry. And so we blessed Paul Revere, one of the bells that he um, built. So it was a marvelous time to be there, uh, just a stunning experience. But I spent most of the time at the retreat center out in the desert. And the, the city has slowly, the housing is slowly encroaching upon the retreat center. At one time, I imagine it was way out by itself. But there's nothing else too much around it, just rocks and bush and cactus and scorpions. And, and then one area across the parking lot, there was this rock pile, it looked to me. But when we go around the back, there's these pyroglyphics that date back to about the 1600s. So you can see these, these scratching in the rocks of you know, beasts and, and um, people. It was, it was beautiful. In the chapel, you're sitting in the chapel, it's a typical chapel, but on the wall with some writing. On the wall, it said in large letters, the desert. Then it would go on to say, the desert will lead you to your heart. The desert will lead you to your heart where I will speak. The desert will lead you to your heart where I will speak. And when you're in the desert, there's nothing there. There's some rabbits running around, road runners, some coyotes that were really going at it one night. But hardly anybody or nobody, depending on where you are in the desert. So the desert is extremely quiet, lacking all distractions. The night sky was brilliant. The desert will lead you to your heart where I will speak. 
Now put a pin there and we're going to come back to that. In our gospel today, we hear Jesus beginning his public ministry. He didn't start downtown Jerusalem and build a mega church and started his church, his ministry. No, he started with a few people out in the wilderness where it was quieter. And when we heard Luke record what was happening, Luke said a crowd had gathered and was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God. Pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God. The Bible that happened to be in my room at the retreat center said that it was pressing in hard to hear the word of God. The word hard wasn't in the Greek, but the translator of that particular version was trying to press upon the, what the Greek was trying to say is this insistence, this he- really striving to hear every word because it, something resonated with them. Because it was drawing people by the droves to him. This word of God. Perhaps you remember elsewhere in Scripture, the Sanhedrin wanted to arrest Jesus. So they had sent the praetorium, or they sent the guards, the Sanhedrin sent their guards to arrest Jesus. The guards came back, they said, why didn't you bring him back here? And the guard says, we have never heard anyone speak like this. Elsewhere in Scripture, it would say, He speaks as one having authority. Elsewhere, it'd say when he was done speaking, God has visited his people. Herod would get a flavor of this with John the Baptist. John the Baptist, Herod, it would say, was always found John's words engaging. He found him. He felt the pull, that's it, the pull of the words. There was something there about the word of God. This day, this crowd with those apostles heard the word of God in the flesh. And they were pressing hard to hear it. When Jesus was done, he told the apostles, let the nets down for a, a catch. And there was the great miracle of the catches of the fishes. That only ratified what Jesus was saying. You feel my words. You're pressing here. You feel the truth of it, the resonance. Now I'll show you the power of it. Just so for your humanity, you can see something. Because you're a touchy-feely people. You've got to see it. You've got to hear it. You've got to touch it. You've got to taste it. And so we did that. So the power of the word of God is attractive. It's like a magnet drawing you in because you were created to hear that word. You were created to be bonded to that word. And it must have been a powerful word indeed spoken that morning because after the catching of that large amount of fish, Peter was overwhelmed. 
and fell down at the feet of Jesus and said, Leave me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. A grown man sees this experience, hears those words, and is brought to his knees. A fisherman at that, they're a rough crowd. The attractiveness to the power of the Word of God. The desert will lead you to your heart where I will speak. No matter where you go, you're not going to be hearing Jesus in the noisy city, walking around with your headphones on, listening to music, listening to whatever. It's good information if you're listening to a podcast, things like that, that's great. But it's not the quality that's going to hear him speaking in your heart. We get a flavor of this from Elijah when he went up on the mountain and he heard the word speaking in the quiet. We get a flavor of this last night in the reading from the books of Kings when we heard about Samuel's calling by the Lord to be a prophet in the night, in the quiet of the night. I talked last winter. Remember, we had a snowfall that affected the weekend. It fell, started Friday night, went through Saturday. We had a very quiet crowd, and there was something about the snow forcing us to be quiet. And I talked about Cardinal Seurat's little two-minute video clip about the need for silence. Because silence and the heart is where God, we're going to hear God speaking. He's speaking to us, but we fill our hearts with so much noise. Perhaps pre-COVID, you were thinking, I really, I want to try to be, have a, be a better prayer life. I really want to more, I want to have this encounter with Christ. And maybe you found yourself looking at your little box with all its lights and flashes and swiping right and go, you know what, I'm really on this too much. I need to put it down. But now, COVID and all that's happening around, perhaps we'll find ourselves doubling the amount of time we spent on this thing or on the monitor at home, or whatever. And we're seeking out everything and staying up till 2 or 3 in the morning thinking we're going to find that article, that one datum of information that's going to save the world. And then if I get everyone to read it, we're all saved and that's it. We're not going to find it. There's only one who saves, and that's Jesus Christ. And He's created you for a relationship with Him. We have to learn, we have to know our faith, and many other aspects we need to learn about. But we need to also create the desert in our heart where we can sit down and be quiet with God, and that's where we start to have a relationship with Him. I'm going to embarrass Polly Kelly again. When I met her, when I met that blue, green-eyed, sorry, honey, green-eyed, <laughs> I've got the blue eyes. The green-eyed girl, I was living in Spokane going to school. She was over here. I said, I want to get to know her. So what did I do? I had to stop doing things with my friends on my weekend activities so I could come over every weekend when the speed limit was 55 miles an hour to spend time with her. And sometimes it was only two or three hours the course of the whole weekend. 
I had to budget my money in a different way, so I made sure I had gas to do it, which means I couldn't go out to do whatever my friends were doing that cost money. I had to make sacrifices to develop that relationship. And the same is called with Christ. At some point, we've got to make a sacrifice. We've got to make the decision, do you want the relationship with him or not? We were created for it. We aren't complete without being one with Him, without our heart and mind in tune with Him. But it requires us to create that space, that desert in the heart, where we can begin to hear Him speak. Then we start to grow. Then when we come to church, we find ourselves pressing hard to hear the word of God proclaimed in the gospel because it's resonating with us in a new way. We hear the tropar sung and the Kentuckians and the Sticaria and the, and the canons of mountains and we're willing to lean into them hard because they're resonating with us. We can experience God in those words. The desert will lead you to your heart where I will speak. We were created for union with God. But we're filling our hearts with so much noise that we've forgotten even the sound of it in our hearts. What it even feels like. What it sounds like. What it tastes like. We have to go back to the desert because what's happening is the world is going to encroach in our heart just as it is in Tucson encroaching on that retreat center. And pretty soon those beautiful starry nights are going to be gone because the lights of the cities are around the the retreat center, just like the same is in our hearts. If we don't stop and find the silence in our hearts, then the noise is going to overcome it. The brightness of the world is going to overcome it, and we're no longer going to hear it. Then our faith will become weakened. Then it becomes easier to be distracted, easier to be dissuaded, easier to be going into despair, because we no longer feel His presence. We've lost it. He hasn't left us, but we've lost our awareness of it within us. We've forgotten the beauty that we were created to be, the temple of the Holy Spirit that God had given us the gift to be. So let us go back to the desert. Let us create that space. Let us put the energy in to do that. Some have to go to a monastery. Others have to learn to discipline their lives and start getting rid of all the distractions that, when you, that by the time the end of the day comes, you, you're so, I'm so tired, I need to go to bed, and you look back and reflect in your day and go, oh my gosh, I didn't pray. I didn't spend any quality time in the morning, yet I was putzing around the house, you know, drinking coffee, reading the sports page, and, and there was no time, Father, I couldn't do that. I had to go to work. I come home at night and I'm, well, the football game's on or this is on or that is on or I want to, and then it's gone. And you've done nothing to foster your relationship with him. 
And when the Lord comes and the Father starts to judge us, He won't see His Son in you. He won't hear His voice in you. And when you speak to other people, you're going to speak like the world speaks, only in Christian language. But you won't have an authentic voice. The voice of Christ speaking from your heart because you won't know what it sounds like. So let us recommit ourselves. Going forward, let us take the time to go to the desert. And he assures us he will speak. And then we too will may see and perform marvelous wonders that ratify what we've heard. But most of all, we will speak the words of love and of forgiveness. And this is how they will know we are Christian. The desert will lead you to your heart where I will speak. The apostles felt it. Prophets have felt it. Moses felt it. And we're called to feel it as well. Let us learn to hear those words. Let us press hard to hear it, and he will speak.